Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and y'all know how we do it. I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. So today's poem is entitled Nagging. Here we go. Why aren't you here by me? Do we desire the same things? If yes, then why can't I see it through all of this suffering? I don't believe that I ask for much. A single kiss or a tender touch from time to time is what I want for you to minister love to me more than once. Oh, am I nagging? If yes, then why can't I see it? Why can't we see eye to eye? This I've asked many times. Please hold my hand and please don't lie and say I love you sometimes. Can I get a hug? Am I not enough? Do I expect too much? Well, that's what I want from you. Did you call me difficult? Why are we arguing? Are you committed to me? Are we really meant to be? Are we just wasting time? I am yours. Are you mine? Let me ask you one more time. Am I nagging? So I hope that y'all have had the most amazing morning, evening, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this message. And so, yes, honey, I wanted to talk about nagging, a nagging wife, and how it is that a lot of times... When I've observed certain marriages and I've been in the presence of certain marriages, I literally have witnessed where the woman will not let stuff die. And so I watch how the man responds. And a lot of times it deflates the man because in most circumstances, he is doing everything he can to please his wife. And the best just is not good enough. And because the best is just not good enough, he truly, according to the scripture, would rather be on the rooftop than be living with the contentious woman. And so my heart often goes out to these young men because I know that they really, truly are trying their best to honor the wife, their wives the best way that they know how. And so what I've been really thinking about as I journey on my this journey of singleness is what type of wife do I truly want to be? And one of the things that I can honestly say is that I do not desire to be a nagging wife. And so I really, truly hope that with all of the exercises that I've done, all of the conversations that I've had with various gentlemen um, trying to figure out like what their pursuit looks like whenever they're seeking a wife what qualities are you looking for in a spouse and a lot of the men say that first of all they don't want to be dealing with the woman that every time he looks up she is nagging she's fussing she's irritated and then the other thing is like men pretty are basic they're pretty much basic they don't require 
a lot as we would think that they would. It, that's normally not how it goes. Um, men are pretty simple. So if you are able to cook a decent meal, if you are able to satisfy him in the bed, if you are able to be a great listener, if you are able to pray for him, intercede for him, strengthen him when he feels weak, um, offer just your presence in a way that he knows that he can't get that from anywhere else, nine times out of 10, he says he's not going anywhere. At least that's what I, the consensus is. That's what I hear. Now, of course, you have some greedy people, and that's just men and women. It's not just centered to men, where even if you're doing all that you can do, you're doing the best that you can do. You're doing it, um, and you know, superb. There are some people that your best just is not enough. I'm not talking about those people. <laughs> I'm talking about the people that are doing everything that they can to please their spouses, and yet and still, they still hear them nag. And so what I would ask is, what are you nagging about? If you have a spouse that is coming home every single night, if you have a spouse that you ain't got to worry about three o'clock in the morning, where is he or where is she? Because they are literally right there in the bed next to you. If you got a spouse that you can, no matter what time of the day it is, you can pick up his cell phone and you ain't got to, or her cell phone and you ain't got to worry about um, who is this calling you? I don't know this number. Who are you flirting with? Whose photos are these? Ain't nobody sending you no naked photos or him no naked photos. If y'all don't have those type of issues, if you are able to go to church together, minister to one another, be in each other's presence, edify one another, build each other up, have a good time, enjoy each other's company, pay the bills on time, <laughs> do all these things and build something together. What exactly are you nagging about? Sometimes nagging comes from attention deficit. And what I believe that comes from is maybe you feel as if he is not or she is not paying you enough attention. Or maybe you feel as if the attention that he's paying or she's paying to you. We're going to talk to the wives because, you know, going back and forth, they ain't working for me. So I'm, wives, I'm talking to you. Future wives, I'm talking to you. Girlfriends, I'm talking to you. So pretty much um, the whole like, OK, you're not paying me enough attention. And they get into the point where it's just like. Okay, but I just spent the last four hours, you know, chilling with you, hanging out with you, watching TV with you. We even watched a movie. We laughed together. We held hands. We cuddled together. We did all of that. And here it is now. I got to go to work. And you are having the hardest time with that. You are having the heart. That is an issue, honey. That means that you're not doing enough for yourself, by yourself, to be able to fill in those gaps. And yes, that can cause you to nag. Or let's say that you've given him a honeydew list and there was 10 things on the list and he only had two off days and he was able to accomplish those eight. But all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, but you didn't do these two and I know you had enough. There's 24 hours in a day. I know you had enough time to do it. Why didn't you do all these things on the list? Honey, that's nagging. That's nagging at his finest. Be grateful that he did the eight of the 10 and then figure out a way to make the last two more fun. Be like, honey, if you do this, I'm going to do this for you. Um, and if you, once you do this and this, this is what I'm going to do for you. I hope you're ready. Something like that. Make it spicy. Make it fun for him to where he's looking forward to doing the, the last two items on the honeydew list. Give him a reward for being even doing the eight that he did of the 10. 
give him a reason to be grateful that, you know, this is the reason why I do what I do for my honey is because, you know, she makes me feel so great when I do these things for her. I want to do them anyway because I want to be pleasing to her. But at the same time, the fact that she makes me feel greater that I did them, I'm ready to do the other two. Change the narrative. If you change the narrative, you change the results. And so that's something that I would just recommend. You don't have to take my advice. I'm just talking. But that is something that um, I try to explain to a lot of my friends is that, you know, it might just be in your approach. It might be in your approach. It might be how it is that you're asking him. Maybe he feels like you're trying to be his mama and not his girl. Maybe he feels like you're trying to dictate to him and that you're not truly being his helpmate. Maybe it is something that he's like, look, I haven't really told you this, but I'm exhausted. I really have planned on resting for the weekend and I wasn't planning on doing anything. But how about this? How about I do this next weekend? But let me just get some rest this weekend. And instead of nagging and fussing, talking about, you've been putting this off for 30 days. Why you keep on putting this off? I need you to do this like yesterday. How come you're not doing it now? Why I always got to be up in your ear for you to do what I need you to do? Yeah, that's not the way. You know, they say that you catch more bees with honey. You might want to try some honey. So... And I say that because I really want marriages to win. Like I really, and I want my marriage to win. So when I'm looking at other couples and I'm seeing how it is that the wives engage with their spouses and I'm seeing how the husbands engage with their spouses, I am taking full blown on notes because there are some things that I'm just like, okay, Lord, that's what I don't want to bring into my marriage, my next marriage. I, I don't want to do that. Um, okay. So this is how I do want to handle whenever there is a disagreement. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and she was telling me how, um, when her and the guy that she was dating had a actual misunderstanding, he articulated to her, where he felt that she dropped the ball. She articulated to him where she felt that he dropped the ball. They repeated to each other what they heard. Once they had the understanding that, okay, we're both on the same page. I see where I erred. You see where you erred. Now, what is the solution to this problem? And then she went on with her list of how she was going to do things differently the next time. And then he went on with his list of how he was going to do things differently the next time. And as she explained to me their dialogue, all I could say is I am super proud of you because how I believe that we as women know that we're growing is where we lose the ability to always be right. I also believe that that's where nagging stems from is the ability to always be right. That your perspective is the only perspective that matters. I really truly believe that that's where nagging comes from. And so when he, when she went to tell me this, I was like, first of all, I love the fact that he was so willing and able to let you know that your way of how you dealt with this initially was something that he felt like you had fallen short of, but he didn't make you feel lesser than he approached you in a way, a very respectful manner um, to where y'all were able to communicate and y'all were able to come to a conclusion. So another definition for nagging is when a person is constantly and consistently harassing someone to do something. 
And what it is, is that you cause the person painful. Sometimes I'm talking about the recipient of the nagging. They begin to be feel painful because it's like, if I feel as if my best is not good enough, if I feel as if the efforts that I'm putting into this relationship are going unnoticed, unrecognized, unappreciated, then eventually I'm going to have a resentment toward you. And if I have a resentment toward you, then I'm not operating in my fullest capacity of loving you. And if I'm not operating in my fullest capacity of loving you, you're going to feel neglected. And it may not be intentional, but I'm still wounded by the words that came out of your mouth a few hours ago when you literally made my best feel like it wasn't good enough. And then you never try to resolve that matter. You literally just went on as if nothing even mattered. As if your view was all that mattered. And so now I'm feeling some type of way. So then when you ask me three, four hours later, what's wrong? As if you don't know, I'm going to really start feeling some type of way. Because you don't remember the dialogue that we just had when you were going off on me about what I didn't do. And how many chores that I did do. And how come I didn't do it in your time frame? You, you, you totally forgot that conversation. Well, I remember it like it happened literally right now. And because we haven't rectified that, because we haven't had that talk, because you haven't tried to communicate in me in a respectful manner, letting me know the importance of what it is that you're requesting. Now I'm looking at you sideways. I really do feel that when it comes to nagging, a way that you could overcome that, try to put yourself in that person's shoes. Maybe if you were to put yourself in that person's shoes, let's just say that for whatever reason, that person is the breadwinner of the relationship. You ain't even working right now, child. So while you're not working and here it is, he's working his butt off, working 14 hour shifts and things like that, trying to make sure that he keeps the bills flowing, that you don't have to want for nothing, that you don't even literally have to go get a part time job. He's trying to make sure he takes care of home. If he comes home and he's just like, honey, did you cook? If you didn't, nah, baby, I didn't, but give me 30 minutes. I'm going to go ahead and put something in the oven so I can make sure you're taken care of. What do you have a taste for? We got an option of chicken, meatloaf, or salmon. Which one do you want? We got the sides of green beans, corn, yams, or mixed vegetables. Which sides do you want? And we got some Kool-Aid or some soda. Which drink do you want? And then get to work. But if the minute that he comes home and you've been home all day, you ain't look for no job. You've been parlaying, watching the soap operas. You've been doing all of that. And he's like, honey, did you cook? Why you got to ask me if I cook? You know I didn't cook. I'm still feeling some type of way because I ain't got no job right now. Why you asking me if I cook? You could have texted me that. You didn't have to come home and say that now. Whatever. I'm supposed to go to bed. That's nagging. That's nagging. When the answer could have just been, no, honey, I'm sorry. I didn't cook. I haven't been feeling well. You know, I'm still trying to trying to figure this thing out. I know you said I don't have to rush to work, but I'm feeling some type of way not having a job right now. And I know you could use my help. But let me go ahead. Give me about 30 minutes and I'm going to go ahead and put something in the oven for you. And everything will be everything. Can you wait about 30 minutes? I think that'll give you a chance. Go take a shower. Wash off your day. I'll give you a nice massage tonight. 
and I'm gonna make sure I cook for you. That goes a little bit better. You catch more bees with honey. He wins and you win. You're not spending the next 48 to 72 hours with your lip up in the air because he ain't talking to you because you done offended him or vice versa. It just works differently. Now, not I understand that, you know, the way life is set up, that there's going to be times that y'all are just literally not going to be seeing eye to eye. I get that. But I feel like you add fuel to the fire when you add nagging to the equation. That's just my personal opinion. Now, in my past life, yes, that was one of my, that was one thing that I did. Like I was trying to get a trophy of the year award. I was definitely a nagger. That's one of the reasons why I can talk the way I'm talking is to pretty much give you the scenarios that I'm giving you. Cause honey, I done lived that life. And what I recognize is that didn't help the situation. It made it worse. And so what I've asked God to do is show me how to be able to communicate to my spouse so that I don't take away from who he is, his true identity, how he feels about himself, that I don't make him feel lesser than, even if I don't agree with his decisions, because there are going to be times that you're just not going to agree with your spouse's decisions. You're not going to agree with how they do things. You're not going to agree with their process. Y'all are two totally different human beings that are coming from two totally different backgrounds that are have had totally different experiences in your life and you're bringing all of that to the table and you're trying to figure out how it is that you can become fluid in a relationship that hopefully gives God the glory. So with all of that being said, yes, there will be times that you just won't see eye to eye, but to learn how to communicate in such a way that it still honors one another, in my opinion, that should be the ultimate goal. <coughs> Excuse me. And so this portion is going to conclude my episode on today. But I wanted to read a letter to my future hubby. And it is dated July the 11th of 2021. Here it goes. Dear future hubby. How will I know that you are the one? Well, I've asked God this very question quite a few times. And the one response that trumps the others is that I will know because the Holy Spirit will confirm that you are. Everything will be in alignment. I often say, relationships shouldn't be so hard. There should be the presence of tranquility concerning the two of us. Where when God is truly at the center of both of our hearts, and we have both taken time to work on ourselves physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, when we are in one another's presence, and even when we are in we are absent from one another. It is evident that our frequency is still in alignment. Where I'm willing to put in the work and you are also willing to put in the work so that our relationship is one of success. They say a family that prays together stays together. Well, I would like for us not only to pray together, but for us to also pray for one another. Even now. When I think of God's best for me, I think of you. Your desire is to make my life better and my desire is to do the same for you. Sure, there will be people who question if whether or not God has truly ordered our steps. But our reverence is not to man. It is to God. Therefore, we will not opt. We Therefore, we will opt to lead by example and allow our example to answer their questions. 
God's timing is perfect. His thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. Therefore, I choose to trust his divine timing. I have a dear friend of mine who met her husband at Bible study in the singles ministry. If my memory serves me correctly, she told him that she felt some, she told me that she felt something was different about him after their very first conversation. One weekend while they were dating, he invited her to go out of town with him. However, she had made it quite clear that she was practicing abstinence. So once they arrived at their destination, he booked her a separate hotel room so that she would not feel pressured to have sex with him while on their trip or at all. Six months later, they were saying their marriage vows. Yes, I said six months later. However, this month, they celebrate 20 beautiful years of marriage together. Most people would say six months is not enough time to get to know someone, quote unquote. And in a lot of cases, they may be right. But what most people also negate to realize is that a day in the Lord is a thousand years. Therefore, I choose to go with God. I hope you do too. I love you. Love, Teresa. So this is going to conclude my episode on today. I do hope that y'all have the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. And the reason why I wanted to talk about all of the subjects that I covered on today um, is because it's one of the things that I've just been witnessing over the past for a long time, actually. But I figured, you know what? I'm going to talk about this. So I do hope that it blessed someone. I hope it encouraged someone. I hope it allowed you to see yourself in that light. And if so, just work on being better. I mean, we all have places where we could grow. We all have places where we can be a better person and um, allow this to be an opportunity or a reflection um, to show you you. And then once you see you, see if there's something better you could do. And so, um, yes, I do hope that this encourages someone. But yes, I'm going to go ahead and conclude this episode on today. Y'all have a blessed one. And again, do me a huge favor. Take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye.